Section 10 of Five Years of My Life, 1894-1899. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sue Anderson. Five Years of My Life, 1894-1899 by Alfred Dreyfus. Translated from the French. Section 10. The Devil's Island Diary, March 15th to September 10th, 1896. Continuation of my diary. March 15th, 1896. Four o'clock a.m. Impossible to sleep. My brain is void from lack of physical and intellectual activity. The packages of books which Lucy announced to me in the last three mails have not yet reached me. Moreover, my brain is so tired and agitated that it is impossible for me to read for any length of time. However, the few moments in which I can escape from my thoughts bring a slight alleviation. March 27, 1896. I just now received the books which were sent on the 25th of November, 1895. April 5, 1896. The mail of the month of February has just come. The guilty man has not yet been unmasked. Whatever my sufferings may be, the discovery must come. Hence I crush down all complaining. Extracts from my wife's letters received the 5th of April. Paris, February 11, 1896. I have not yet received your letters of the month of December. I will not complain of the anguish of this delay. It is useless. How keen are my sufferings caused by the anxiety? Nothing is so unbearable as to be deprived of the news of one whom I know to be most unhappy, and whose life is a hundred times dearer to me than my own. Often in my calmer hours I ask myself why we are so tried, for what reason we are called on to endure torments beside which death would be sweet. Paris, February 18, 1896. I am always without news from you. Yet I know that the letters you have written me have been at the ministry for more than three weeks. I am wild with impatience to have them and to receive at last my month's consolation. Paris, February 25, 1896. At the very instant when I am finishing my last letter for the closing mail, they bring me your letters. Thanks with all my heart for the reassuring lines that you have sent me and for your splendid firmness. Lucy Continuation of my diary, May 5th, 1896. I have nothing more to say. All is alike in hideousness. What a horrible life! Not a moment of rest by day or night. Until the last few days, the guards remained seated in their room during the night. I was awakened only every hour. Now they have to march without ever stopping, and most of them wear wooden shoes. Here my diary stopped for more than two months. The days, all equally sad and anxious, crawled along. But I kept my will firm to struggle and not to allow myself to be beaten down by the torments which were heaped upon me. Moreover, in June I had heavy attacks of fever, so heavy as to cause congestion of the brain. Here are a few extracts from my wife's letters, received in May and June, 1896. 
Paris, February 29, 1896. When I received your December mail, my letters were all ready to go. The few lines I was able to add could not express sufficiently the happiness and uplifting joy that your letters created in me. Your words of affection moved me deeply. When one is very unhappy, the heart broken and the soul engulfed in darkness, nothing is sweeter than to feel that, in the midst of all sorrows, one can lean upon a sure affection and intense devotion, concentrated and directed to supporting one, and they bring one, in the absence of tangible help, a moral aid, present every hour, which, increasing one's strength tenfold, prevents one from playing the coward when grief seems too great to be borne. Paris, March twentieth, 1896 You can imagine the anxiety I feel when I see the second fortnight of the month coming. It means for me the departure of the mail. So long as this mail is not near, I hope, up to the last minute, to be able to tell you of the end of your suffering and of our own sorrow. And then my letters go, always empty of news, and I am heartbroken at the thought of the deep disappointment you will have. Paris, April 1, 1896. I was very sad when the last mail went away. Up to the last moment I had hoped that I might send you some comforting word. But courage, I implore this of you as the woman who adores you, in the name of your beloved children who love you with all their little hearts, and who will feel infinite gratitude when they understand the greatness of the sacrifice you have made for them. As for me, I cannot express my admiration for you. With what tenderness my thoughts enfold you night and day. This affection which I so much wish to lavish upon you in the midst of your sorrows is increased yet more, if that is possible, by the anguish inflicted on me by the distance which separates us, the absence of news from you, the sadness and the isolation of the life to which you are subjected. I must give up describing to you all these emotions of mine. They are too melancholy for you to read, too intense and deep to confide to this cold and commonplace sheet of paper. Lucy Continuation of my diary, July 26, 1896. It is very long since I have added anything to my diary. My thoughts, my feelings, my sadness are the same, but while my weakness of body and brain grow more pronounced daily, my will remains as strong as ever. This month I have received no letters from my wife. August 2, 1896. At last, the mails of May and June have come. There is never any of the news I seek. It matters nothing. I shall struggle against the decline of body and brain and heart so long as a shadow of force is left me, so long as they leave me a spark of life. I must see the end of this dark tragedy. For the sake of us all, I pray that the end be not long delayed. Extracts from my wife's letters received the 2nd of August, 1896. Paris, June 10, 1896. I write you, still troubled by your dear letters which I have just received. At the first moment when I see your beloved writing, when I read the lines which bring me your thoughts, the only news I have for a long month, I am crazy with grief. My poor head comprehends nothing more, and I weep hot tears. 
then i pull myself together ashamed of my weakness from your firmness and energy and from my love i draw new stores of courage nevertheless these letters of yours do me a world of good and if emotion crushes me yet i have the happiness of reading your words and the illusion of listening for a few moments to your beloved voice paris june twenty fifth eighteen ninety six i add a few lines to my letters before the mail leaves to tell you that i am strong that my purpose is not to be shaken that i shall succeed in having your honor vindicated and i beseech you to join with me in this compelling faith in the future in this faith which makes us accept the harshest trials in order that we may give our children a stainless and respected name lucy continuation of my diary august thirtieth eighteen ninety six again the period which so irritates my nerves when i am waiting for the mail when i ask myself what day it will come and what news it will bring what a painful month of august my poor lucy must have had first the letter which i wrote her at the beginning of july in the midst of the fever i had for ten days and when i was not receiving my mail it was everything at once coming to add to my troubles i could not contain myself and so i again cried to her in distress as if she did not already suffer enough as if her impatience to see the end of this horrible tragedy were not as great as mine my poor dear lucy her fate day must have passed very sorrowfully i thought it was impossible that i should suffer any more bitterly yet that day was worse than the others if i had not held myself in with a savage effort of will choking down my frenzy i should have shrieked aloud in the violence of my grief through space dearest lucy i send you now the expression of my deep affection and my great love and this watchword always the same ardent and invariable courage and courage again september first eighteen ninety six day horribly long passed in waiting as happens every month for my mail in asking myself what it will bring me i am petrified as it were in sorrow i am obliged to concentrate all my strength to escape from my thoughts what torment for a family whose entire life has ever been one of honor uprightness and loyalty wednesday september second eighteen ninety six ten a m my nerves have tormented me horribly all night i should have liked to calm them a little this morning by walking but the rain falls in torrents a rare thing at this time of year for we are in the dry season and again i have nothing to read none of the packages of books sent me by my dear lucy since the month of march has reached me nothing to quicken this petty pace of the hours i asked long ago for some manual labor no matter of what sort to occupy myself a little they have not even answered me i scan the horizon through the grating of my little window to see if i cannot catch sight of the smoke which announces the coming of the mail boat from cayenne same day noon on the horizon toward cayenne there hangs a pall of smoke it must be the mail boat same day seven o'clock evening the boat came at one o'clock in the afternoon 
I have not my letters, and I think it did not bring them. What infernal torment! But above all hovers immutable, the care of our honor. That is the aim, never varying, no matter what our troubles may be. Thursday, September 3rd, 6 o'clock, morning. Horrible night of fever and delirium. 9 o'clock, morning. The last boat has come and has not brought my letters. It is clear they are held in Cayenne, where they have been since the 28th of last month. Friday, September 4th, 1896. Yesterday evening I finally received the mail, and there was only a single one of the letters that my dear Lucy had written me. I feel that with all at home there is a wild despair at being unable to tell me as yet of the discovery of the guilty man. Sweat rolled down my forehead and my knees shook under me while reading the letters from my people. Is it possible that human beings can suffer thus and so undeservedly? In such a situation, words have no longer any force one even suffers no longer he becomes so benumbed oh my poor lucy oh my beloved children ah in the day when justice shall be done and the guilty one unmasked may the burden of all these nameless tortures fall back on those who have persecuted an innocent man and his family saturday september fifth eighteen ninety six i have just written three long letters successively to my dear lucy to tell her not to allow herself to be cast down, but to persevere, appealing to every possible source of help. Such a situation as ours, endured for so long, becomes too overwhelming, too unbearable. It is a question of the honor of our name, of the life of our children. In that thought we must conquer and control our rebellious hearts, our wandering minds, the bitterness of our feelings. I no longer speak of my days and nights. They resemble one another in agony. Sunday, September 6, 1896. I have just been warned that I must no longer walk in the part of the aisle which had been reserved to me. I can henceforth only walk close about my hut. How long can I hold out? I do not know. Oh, that this inhuman treatment may soon end. Otherwise I shall have to bequeath my children to France, that beloved country of mine which I have always served devotedly and loyally, beseeching from the bottom of my soul those who are at the head of affairs to have the fullest light shed on this shocking enigma. And on that day it will be for them to comprehend what atrocious and undeserved torments some human beings have suffered, and to make my poor children heirs to all the pity such misfortune merits. Same day, two o'clock evening. How my head hurts! How sweet death would be to me! Oh, my dear Lucy, my poor children, all my dear ones, what have I done that I should be made to suffer in such a manner? Monday, September 7th, 1896. Yesterday evening I was put in irons. Why, I know not. Since I have been here, I have always scrupulously observed the orders given me. How is it I did not go crazy during the long, dreadful night? 
what wonderful strength a clear conscience and the feeling of duty toward one's children gives one as an innocent man my imperative duty is to go on to the end of my strength so long as they do not kill me i shall ever and simply perform my duty and to those who thus constitute themselves my executioners ah i leave them to the judgment of their own consciences in the day when the truth shall be revealed sooner or later in life everything is bound to come out same day what i suffer is horrible yet i no longer feel anger against those who thus torture an innocent man i feel only a great pity toward them tuesday september eighth eighteen ninety six these nights in irons i do not even speak of the physical suffering but what moral ignominy and without any explanation without knowing why or for what cause what an atrocious nightmare is this in which i have lived for nearly two years in any case my duty is to endure to the limit of my strength my whole will shall be bent to that and in what deep distress of my whole being I send you again the full expression of my love, my dear Lucy, my darling children. Same day, two o'clock, evening. Nearly two years of this have worn me out. I can do no more. The very instinct of life falters. It is too much for mortal man to bear. Why am I not in the grave? Oh, for that everlasting rest! Once again, if I do not survive, may my beloved country accept my children as a heritage. My dear little Pierre, my dear little Jean, my dear Lucy, all of you whom I love from the depths of my heart and with all the ardor of my soul, believe me, if these lines reach you, that I have done everything which is humanly possible to do to hold out. Wednesday, September ninth, 1896 the commandant of the islands came yesterday evening he told me that the last measure which had been taken against me was not a punishment but a measure of precaution for the prison administration had no complaint to make against me putting in irons a measure of precaution when i am already watched like a wild beast night and day by a guard armed with rifle and revolver no the truth shall be told that is a measure of hatred and torture ordered from paris by those who not being able to strike a family strike an innocent man because neither he nor his family will accept submissively the most frightful judicial error that has ever been made who is it that thus constitutes himself my executioner and the executioner of my dear ones one easily feels that the local administration except the chief guardian who has been specially sent from paris has itself a horror of such arbitrary and inhumane measures but has no choice but to carry out the orders which are imposed on it no the responsibility is higher it rests entirely with the author or authors of these inhumane orders in any case no matter what sufferings what physical and moral tortures they may inflict on me my duty and that of my family remains always the same as i keep thinking of all this i no longer fear that i shall lose control of myself 
I have only an immense pity for those who thus torture human beings. What remorse they are preparing for themselves when all shall be known, for history keeps no secrets. Everything is so black to me, my heart overwrought, my brain ground down, that it is with difficulty I can gather my thoughts together. Oh, I suffer too much, this frightful riddle always present before me. Thursday, September 10, 1896 I am so utterly weary, so broken down in body and soul, that today I stop my diary not being able to foresee how long my strength will hold out, or what day my brain will succumb under the weight of so great a burden. I finish it by addressing to the President of the Republic this supreme appeal. In case strength and sanity fail before the end of this horrible tragedy. Monsieur le Président de la République, I take the liberty of asking you that this diary, written day by day, be handed to my wife. There will be found in it, perhaps, Monsieur le Président, cries of anger, of affright at the most awful condemnation that ever befell a human being, a human being who never forfeited his honor. I no longer feel the courage to reread it, to retrace the bitter journey. Today I have no recriminations to make against anyone. Each one has thought himself acting in the fullness of right and conscience. I simply declare once more that I am innocent of this abominable crime, and I ask ever and again for this one thing, always the same thing, that the search for the culprit who is the real author of this base crime be diligently prosecuted. And when he is discovered, I beseech that the compassion which so great a misfortune as mine inspires may be given to my dear wife, and my darling children. End of the diary. Reader's Note The next page of the book, Five Years of My Life, is a facsimile of the last page of the handwritten Devil's Island Diary, where Dreyfus inscribed some lines in English from Shakespeare's Hamlet. They read, Doubt thou the stars are fire, Doubt that the sun doth move, Doubt truth to be a liar, but never doubt I love. End of Reader's Note Editor's Note The words of Hamlet to Ophelia were written by Captain Dreyfus as the fitting final expression of that devotion which, from the dedication to my wife, throughout the diary to the end, where he laid down his pen unable to do more, is its vital and informing spirit. The marginal annotation written and signed by the chief guard, reads, 50th and last page. End of editor's note. End of section 10.